Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house. We are back at one of our favorite recording locations after always a Charlotte FCW. It's still a first for this squad. We've been talking about this inaugural season for Charlotte FC, and we've waited a long time. Mm-hmm. Even Danny Brams to the point where I'm not sure that I felt like I needed to celebrate. <laughs> I more so felt relieved. Oh, yeah. That this team finally won its road match. I tweeted out, achievement unlocked. Mm-hmm. Charlotte FC wins its first road match. Collect three points. Yeah. It's great to see you today, Danny Rams. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Golden Boy at Triple C uh, Brewing, like I always do after a Charlotte win when we can. Uh, it's a beautiful, hot day out in Charlotte. We're out here on the patio. We could be inside in the AC, but... We want to get some hot takes off, so we decided to sit in the heat. And uh, life is beautiful. The three points feel nice. We are. We started this journey officially in February, I believe, was a cold night in uh, the nation's capital that we spent losing our first road match. And now here in July, we finally got our first road win, games and games later, more road trips later, journeys, hot uh, criticisms and all sorts of things and gains not crossing in Colorado and <laughs> all the kind of things we could have done to get three points back in the day. We finally got them. It was, like you said, relief was a very apt word because Houston's not that great. We should have won. We were up 2-0 and they scored late to sort of put us in a little bit of like, man, now we got to sweat this. Are we going to actually give up the draw here on the road in the last couple of minutes? So we buckled down, earned it those last 10 minutes. That was nice to see. All in all, a great effort, and uh, I'm drinking Golden Boys because in this situation, what we like to do is make another shameless plea and throw ourselves at the mercy of Triple C to sponsor this segment, our Golden Boy of the Match. Who you got? My Golden Boy of the Match is somebody that was a complete surprise in this match, and it's Yordi Reyna. Wow. And there was, in my opinion, no better player on the field, and... The Sofa Score ratings back me up on that, Danny Brams. He was absolutely electric for Charlotte FC. Seeing him in the lineup was like remembering that you have a seasoned professional mm-hmm. MLS player on the squad. And mm-hmm. it made you say, wait a minute, this actually might work with him right. on, on the flank next to Swiderski giving him service. Mm-hmm. And he was, every time he touched the ball, Danny Brams, every single time he touched the ball, he was on the front foot, looking to go right, forward, front foot making soccer, something yeah. happen in the box. Yeah. It was truthfully the first time that in the final third, we not only were in the final third, we were creating in the final third, and he was a huge part of it. Can I bring back a, a, a term of art, a phraseology that you busted out earlier this season that we haven't heard for a while, we haven't had occasion to re- bring it uh, back, but it is balls to the wall soccer. <laughs> Balls to the wall soccer. We played it with Jordi Reyna out there. I mean, he's a MLS veteran, like you said. He's someone who I've criticized a lot. He's someone I did, wasn't sure of when we brought him on the team. I, I don't really like him as being your main guy. But as a change of pace, as something that we needed to sort of freshen things up, someone who's going to go in and just always be proactive, looking to send balls in. He's just always looking to cross. You know, with our, some of our other guys, Gaines, uh, Yusufiak, even Shinyashiki, sometimes they're looking to get around someone before they cross. Reyna doesn't care. Reyna's like, I have the ball in my feet, I'm crossing. Yes. And you know Swiderski loves that. And 
it led to chances being created. And we were dominant for large stretches of that match. It was great to see. We camped out. We kind of followed up where on that second half in Austin where we kind of got hard done by. And we stayed the course. We trusted the process. We played basically the same approach with a different lineup. Saw some different results because Reyna was out there. Reyna was making it happen. I can see why you give him the golden boot. I'm going to go chalk. I got to go chalk. I got to go with Bronico. Bronny bro. He's the bro of the podcast. Uh, the love affair is only getting deeper with him on this side of the table here at Triple C. He's my golden boy of the match just for – so uh, he almost had the goal against Austin, you know, had the run, had the run into space, and just kind of took it upon himself. Which I need to interject. I know he gets a lot of love, but the shot was weak and Ben <laughs> Bender was wide open. There it were, should have been a pass in that situation. There were passes to be made, but you can't fault him for, for taking the shot after that run. But uh, – he followed that up by being more aggressive in the offensive facets of the game against Houston. Maybe he smelled blood because, again, Houston wasn't that great. But he he was getting up there and he was making stuff happen. He was going – he'd go kick the ball out of bounds for a cheap throwing and then just, like, trot back to his position back in the defensive midfield with, like, a smile on his face. The guy is just owning defensive midfield right now. He's in the running for, you know, one of the top 5'10 defensive mids in the league. There's – Chitter chatter about uh, all star status maybe being bestowed on the guy. You want to touch back, uh, push back on that at all? Do you, th- do you think Bronny Bro has a chance to be an all star in a month when MLS goes to play all star game? I think that he is an all star for Charlotte FC, but he's not an all star in the MLS. Yeah, it's going to be, they're going to choose some very often, like there'll be some attacking mids in the quote DM right. spots on the all star roster for sure. I, I don't think Brandt makes it, but he's all-star in our heart for sure, yeah. 100%. And Shinyashiki getting the goal. You know, he made a case for Golden Boy, but ultimately it's Bronico and Reyna for us. But Shinya, amazing. What did you think of the sub-goal? The, the sub-goal was phenomenal, and I and I saw a tweet from, from one of our TIFOs. Um, apologies for not remembering exactly who, our, our tremendous friends of the show, and we're, we're so happy that you're here. And by the way, <laughs> I want to have some accountability on this podcast, and I do realize um, – before we um, talked last, Charlotte FC also lost the match. <laughs> so we didn't do an episode between games. So for, for all intents and purposes, that little Texas two-step, we came, we came out of it with three points. What can you say? We we certainly did. Austin was it was fun at the keep on on Thursday night, and the win on Sunday made that loss against Austin. Mm-hmm fade into a distant memory. Yeah, we, we could have had a better result against Austin. We were pretty hard done by in terms of the handball penalty not being called and a, a wonder goal by Pereira and all that, and we dominated that. But like I said, the key was the follow-up. Yes, we got a, a rough – we had it rough against the home loss in Austin because we kind of should have deserved a little better than that match according to many. But, like, we followed up. And one thing that you noticed, when, when we were talking to ourselves about the Austin match, we didn't get a chance to record an episode – but you said Austin set the tone early. They fouled within 10 seconds. They fouled again within uh, 45 seconds. Austin set a tone early against us, and kind of like that's how they were able to pull it out, even though we were, quote-unquote, the better team. Austin still had sort of the, the run of play the whole time. Even yeah, because we had the ball. Latanzio got outclassed by Austin's manager. It was a tactical win for, for Austin at the keep, and, and that happens sometimes. Which, which is especially bad because Josh Wolf, one of my, my least favorite managers in the league, side completely other podcasts. Regardless, 
what we did was we set the tone early against Houston. We sort of learned from that mistake. We were able to come out, and we had one of the better t first 10 minute stretches of any match we played this season. Uh, Camille had a chance within two minutes that he kind of sent wide. He had another chance within eight minutes that he sent straight at the keeper. Uh, as you said, Reyna was active early. Uh, Swiderski was making plays in the box. Swiderski was getting service. He got some of the best and most service that I've seen in the first 20 Hit minutes the of the match. Run. Yeah, exactly. So things were looking great for us because it was a tone-setting thing, and we showed an ability to sort of learn from what went wrong against Austin and parlay that into a winning strategy against Houston, you could say. Just to follow up on what somebody tweeted, one of our TIFOs, that the Shinyashiki goal was the goal of the season. And I, and I sat there and I thought about it for a while, and I actually think it has a case to be the goal of the season. It was a beautiful individual effort. I love dribbling. I love dribbling. I love cutting it in on the left and making a guy, sending the guy the other way and then boosting it past the keeper. I love that. It can't be the goal of the season if you look at the – Swiderski free kick and the Alcivar Olimpico and whatnot to me, but it's a and the importance though makes Andre's goal kind of shoot up the rankings. I don't know. It's uh, I'll leave that to the TIFOs to decide, but it was pretty nice. Follow the show at For the Crown Baby on Instagram. Excuse me, on Twitter. We should have an Instagram account someday. Yeah, yeah. For the Crown. I'm not running it, Danny <laughs> yeah, Rams. You yeah. can you can run it though. We got a, I got a lot going on. I, I barely have the bandwidth for everything I got, but I will put adding a uh, For the Crown Baby Instagram on the list for sure. Well, you've got a Twitter handle, at Danny Rams. Make sure to follow him there. You can follow me, at John Hayes on air. Keep the conversation going on our social channels. We're always live tweeting the game. We had fun mm -hmm. doing that mm -hmm. um, on Sunday night in this match. The and, we, we owe, and on Thursday, even when we're at the match, uh, mm -hmm. we like to fire off some tweets. This might be a sign of my just like old status, you know, a Gen Xer. The, but I love gifts, you know. You know, I'm sure at some point, you me know, too. Gifts are just going to go out of fashion, and the, and the the kids of whatever age this eventually happens are going to be, like, oh my god, this old just still using gifts. But I love getting Twitter conversations going, gifting back and forth. So please jump in there, Tifos. We we love that more than anything. Do us a favor, follow the show on Apple Podcasts and rate and review the shows. Uh, we really appreciate those those fresh reviews that you bring into the podcast. It makes us feel good about what we do for you, the fans. Because remember, football is for the fans. And that's what we, we try to, to accomplish here on the Charlotte Soccer I wanna, Show. I want to tease something that there's going to be. We're not into the fake promotions and stuff like that. We're not chasing clout. We really just want to connect with people. But we are going to do one kind of cool sort of contesty thing here with the social soon, which is we're going to have a ticket giveaway. There was go there's going to be a ticket giveaway for a future match. It could come as soon as Nashville. We'll see. But with some things going on, with some traveling, and some tickets being available, there's going to be a ticket giveaway. No details just yet, but it's a good time to get your friends to follow the show if they're not already, for sure. I really appreciate the latest review on the show um, from D. Berge. He says, Danny Brams and John Hayes do a phenomenal job breaking down each match and looking forward to the upcoming play. Their analysis is well thought out and entertaining. Am I patting myself on the back right now? Also, they tend to make consistently great beer selections. Yes, I am. From some awesome Charlotte, North Carolina brewers. Cheers. Uh, appreciate you, uh, Bergie. D. Bergie, for that comment. You're, you're a TIFO immediately for, for that comment and the five-star review. Uh, that, that really helps us get the word out about the show, and, and we appreciate you. So we've, we've got a ton to talk about 
here on on today, a, a Tuesday afternoon, late afternoon, happy hour now edition of the the Charlotte Soccer Show, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna check the table. Where do we stand? Because if you look at what happened over the last four days in the MLS, in MLS, I saw our friend uh, Jessica Sharman. She tweeted one day. She said, uh, "He's a 10." But he says the MLS, <laughs> <laughs> and I just caught myself oh, doing geez. that. Hey, I, I, I actually, I'm in that crowd that like, once you know that something, once you know the rule, you can break it. So I sort of say the MLS, ironically, tongue in cheek, because I know that you can't say that. So I say it to show just how in I am. It's kind of a, a, a levels thing. I, not very many people get it, but I do say the MLS, but uh, Jess Sharman, I am a 10, so uh, if you're subtweeting me, what can I say? You listen to the WFNZ broadcast during the match. Always. On Sunday night, so we'll get into that later in the show. Um, and all the results this weekend. They, they went great for, for Charlotte FC. We'll take a look at that table. But first we want to dive into the Polish duo. The good, the bad and the ugly for our Polish national players. It's a World Cup year. Swiderski in the squad. Juzwiak on the fringe, that's for sure. Danny Brams, he's, he's, he's polished off his golden boy. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get, we're gonna get him another one. Only move. And be, ra- and be back right with you on the Charlotte Soccer Show to talk about our two designated players and what type of impact they can have at home at the Keep Saturday against Nashville. We're back after this. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're at Triple C, and Danny Brams has reloaded. Not with a golden boy. He's awarded his award, <laughs> and he's gone with, with a new pint here, Danny Brams. What are you drinking now? I'm drinking the 3C West Coast IPA, baby. Uh, taking it out to the West Coast. You know, faithful listeners know I just got back from a big road trip out west. Made it out to Utah. I made it as far as Utah. Whoops, sorry, as I dropped my, uh, my coin that I'm holding here. More on that in a second. Uh, I made it out to Utah. I didn't quite make it to the West Coast. The West is big. If you're if you're from around here, in the time it takes to drive across Utah, you could pretty much make it to like Delaware from here. I feel like so, so it's a long drive. Uh, but I did get out there, and uh, I love the West Coast. I was born in California, actually, many many years ago. I've lived all over the place. I lived in Southern California, Northern California. We could go through the list, but you're gonna have to come uh, buy me a beer to get the full list. Let's put it that way. But I am drinking a West Coast IPA. You're also, for the first time in show history, I think this is really important to note because we're now up over 30 episodes. Right. I think this might, be, this might be episode 33 or 34. And so tri- In five years, this is a trivia question answer. And we've got a trailer. We've got, we've got a show trailer that I'm, that I'm really proud of that I think encapsulates what we do here on the show. Uh, and I always recommend people, if this is your first time listening to the show, go check out that trailer. Uh, the only thing that I'll, I'll say as a caveat is uh, Hooligans Elizabeth 
uh, decided to close their doors. The and show lasted longer than Hooligans and Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and when, we'll be allowed back in soon, but they're going to have their hopefully grand reopening at some point this summer. That's one, what their Instagram page says. One of these days. So, uh, you're not wearing a jersey. You're not wearing a kit. Right. Right, that's the trivia answer. This is the first episode where we've taped in person or via remote Zoom where I'm not rocking my Charlotte FC kit, whether it's, you know, the community kit, the Carolina kit, the pride kit. Uh, I have I didn't pick up the uh, USA practice shirt that uh, just went on sale about a week ago. I haven't picked that up yet, but I might. Uh, regardless, I love to wear kits when we record. It kind of it's like my game day uniform. It's my these recording sessions, John, are my match day. This is my I come to play here. I don't I'm not fucking around. Like I I bring it, so I wear the kit. Today, uh, I traveled across. I just mentioned the road trip. I wore a Charlotte kit almost every day of that trip. All my kits are dirty. I've been lazy. I just got back a couple days ago. Haven't got them through the wash cycle yet, so I don't have a kit. So I am rocking though because I need a Charlotte logo. I am rocking my pride armband that I got from attending the match. Captain's when, armband. First well, 10,000 fans. We right. were we said going into the match on Thursday, we said, are we going to get one of these armbands? Are we going to be one of the first 10,000? And, and we were. And we were like, no chance. The original <laughs> take was like, no chance we're first 10K. There's they'll, they'll be out of those armbands for sure. We ended up getting them. I'm rocking it. It's squeezing my arm. Give me a little blood pressure check here, which is nice. And I'm also rocking my coin. Uh, you heard it clink against my glass earlier. It's my inaugural glass. Uh, inaugural match coin that was sent to me by the club for attending the match for being a season ticket holder courtesy of ally bank a great partner of the club charlotte versus la i'll always remember where i was when i saw efren alvarez's ball trail into that into that goal over Kalina. great strike but uh uh so i'm rocking the logos i'm bringing as much charlotte fc paraphernalia as as i can to this recording process so that the people will get my full A-game locked-in performance like they always do when I'm normally wearing a kit. We teased the Polish duo, and speaking of your A-game, what did you think about their games on Sunday night, <laughs> on the road? I, I was happy to see Carol back, and I think this is an important uh, tactical note to make. We said what? The 70 minutes of Carroll on the left wing, that had to be because of a, re- of a reduced roster clown um, show because of the COVID issues up Maybe. in montreal but you know he he swiderski switched back to the striker position with 20 minutes left to go against montreal and you know he was back on the field excuse he, he was back on the field uh, obviously against austin and back on the field against um houston on sunday night at the striker position. Every minute played in both those matches at the striker position. The full 90. <laughs> so. Here's what I'm going to say about the Polish he didn't go, about He didn't go the full 90. <laughs> oh, every, okay. Every minute that he played was at the striker position, what you're yes. saying. My bad. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Don't. Hey. Th- we don't. Th- do you want to run. Take, th- do you want to give any quick full 90s? Any quick full 90 awards before I say, make my point on the, no, the duo? No. All right. Uh, the Polish duo. Here's what I think. Karol Swarderski brought his A game. Kamil Yusviak played A game. <laughs> that, that's the distinction oh, okay my. that's the, the distinction basically uh camille come on man come on camille don't be useless viac bro we want to cheer for you we want to name you the hand of the king we, we want to see you serving up balls in the box like reina was doing we want to see you hitting shots 
into corners of the goal, not wide, not right at the goalkeeper. You're not finding the spots when you get these chances. You're whiffing on open Not nets. just chances. Right, big, big chances. chances. Big chances. And <clears throat> more power, like, well played. Camille's doing some things. He's not totally useless. Useless Viak is kind of a rude, rude nickname for him because he, he has some initiative. He dribbles his way into the box. He gets around guys. He can show some speed at times. And I will also concur with some of the people I've seen who've, you know, pushed back on my anti-Yusviak musings when they say, hey, you know, he's making runs, he's not getting passes. He's trying one-twos with Affle, and Affle turns around and passes it back to Carujo instead of sending it down the line. And there's some truth to that. There, I've wa- I, On my rewatches, I've noticed it more and more. I'm not saying that's not true. I know Yusviak's trying to find his place, but again, when you're missing the chances that do come to you, Great ball, Sir. There was a. We should have been up one nil in the eighth minute of that game against Houston because Sergio Ruiz kicked this little like pass into Yusfi right at the penalty spot that Camille couldn't handle, and that that could have been a bag easy. So I don't know. Carroll, on the other hand, played great. Carroll's effort has been called into question in certain corners of the fandom uh, that I live in. <laughs> those corners, <laughs> those are my corners. Uh, Listen, other, just, other let, people let, refuse to criticize them, so that's why I feel like I have to like, let me push jump even in, harder. Let me jump, jump in, in on this because I'm, a, I think, a neutral observer. Okay. And I'm not in either camp, and I'll tell you that his work rate is fine. His Agreed. work rate is good enough. And it's it improving. passes the test. His work rate is there. He's, his work rate has always been there. Anyone who hasn't seen Carol Swiderski's work rate is just someone that d- can't see the minutes where he's not on the ball when Charlotte FC is floundering against a superior opponent mm-hmm. and Swiderski is running his fucking ass off mm-hmm. trying to press the ball high. Right. Like, that's that's the things and that he's doing. Ortiz and Al Savar just piddling around the midfield, losing the ball. Yeah, exactly. that. And the thing is, like we mentioned earlier in this episode, he got a lot more service early and often. He was getting the ball early and often. Not always in perfect spots, not always, like, the greatest cross you've ever seen, but, like, these are attempts. And, like... It's a volume game. You got to attempt. You d- you're never gonna. If you sit around waiting for the, per- it's like, it's like if you uh, are in high school and you sit around waiting for the perfect uh, person that you're attracted to to come around that you're gonna have a soulmate with. You're never gonna get laid because you know, like, <laughs> like you gotta just try. You gotta shoot your shot, man. Like, <laughs> let's go. And like, you can't wait for the perfect, beautiful pass it in on some like gorgeous thing. You just gotta send crosses, and that's what Reina did. That's what Camille needs to do more of. And not only that, Danny Brams, it's putting yourself in positions, right? Because what Swiderski did and what Yuzviak did on that own goal by Houston, they were both in the right position. Mm-hmm. I would call that, and that should have been a Swiderski goal. It should have been. It, it will never Uzviak. be on a stat sheet, but without the po- defensive interference, it goes in for sure. Totally. So that, that's my point. It's like the, the stats and the and will tell you everything that you think you know, but in fact, the gameplay will reveal the entire picture. And unless you actually watch the actual gameplay, then you don't realize that Yuzviak was very good in this match. His issue was finishing. His issue was inside the 18 box. He did everything. He busted his ass. You know why he busted his ass down the right-hand flank? Because what did Mackenzie Gaines do when he came on? He was electric. Yeah. 
And and that's the competition mm-hmm. for Yuzviak, and he knows. That's mm-hmm. the style of play that we're going to get from the right wing. So as a Charlotte FC fan, and I'm talking to our TIFOs out there, I'm talking to the people that have season tickets to this club, I'm talking to people like you, Danny Rams, I'm talking to myself in this. Is that that right, right wing position right now with both Yuzviak and Gaines? is in really strong hands. Mm -hmm. You've got two guys who are putting the time and energy in to have success. It's just that final ball. Mm -hmm. It's that final big chance. Mm -hmm. We are right on the precipice of that happening for both of these players, which is super exciting, especially coming off a win. Well, it leads us into the next part of this whole discussion that we want to get to tonight, which is two-parted, which is A, let's look a little bit ahead to what we can face in Nashville and B in doing that what is the status of this 11 in terms of being a locked in 11 and is it a is it a good or a bad thing to have a locked in 11 that you know is is rarely going to change it's a good or, question or is it better to be this mystery sort of lineup that you don't know who, who's going to be thrown in at any time what what would you rather see as a fan what would you rather see from a couple different perspectives whatever perspective that makes sense to you man there's nothing better on this podcast for me when you have a sip of your golden boy <laughs> and you think of a topic like this and ask me a question because i mean my at this point i i think it's a great question and i think it's something that it it, it takes a little bit of a deep dive on because managing a soccer squad is not as simple as this is my first 11 players because every match is like a chess match and every piece is different that has different qualities and different strengths. And by the way, these are people too, who are in different points of their life and different points of their season based on health, based on mental health, all these different aspects. Latanzio touched on exactly that in his uh, post-game press conference when he said, they asked him, why did you start who you started? He said, I brought the guy, and why was TT and Bender, you know, why was TT not even in the squad, uh, was the way he was specifically asked. And he said, I brought the guys who I felt were not tired, and I brought the guys who had the qualities that I felt we needed for this match, which is exactly speaks to what you're saying in terms of pieces being deployed. And what what, what did you think of the deployment? And what do you think of future deployments? Did Ray, is Reina now a starter because he played a great game? Is Camille uh, go back to the well, bench because he missed big chances. Like, what, what's the next match? Are we? Is it unpredictable? Un- unfortunately, now this has turned into a two-part question, and I hate two-part <laughs> questions. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> and the unpredictability is good up top next to Svodersky. To not know who you're preparing for on the wing is a very strong advantage for Charlotte FC. You know that Swiderski is going to be up top, but you, but, but you ask yourself, who is he flanked by? And whether it's Gaines, whether it's Yuzviak, mm-hmm. whether it's Reyna, whether it's Shinya Shiki, you can't just mm-hmm. have a... Whether it's Kerwin Vargas. Kerwin, <laughs> yeah, exactly right, who I thought maybe I was... Right, yeah. he, the, the club put him out in, on a social uh, picture, social media post, and I said, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. is he in the starting lineup? And, you know, we had some word before the lineup came out that it was, that it was different. And that it was something that yeah. would surprise you. So yeah. when I heard that and I saw the social media post, I thought maybe Vargas was in. Sure. But it ended up being Reyna in. It ended up being McNeil in the squad as well. And so from that point of view, it's like, yes, all that unpredictability, Danny Brams, is a really good thing. You know where unpredictability is a bad thing? 
trying to play fantasy soccer with these guys and know who's going to be in the lineup. <laughs> Spoken as a true so rare specialist. At the back. Mm-hmm. Unpredictability mm-hmm. at the back only causes you issues. Great call. And that's why it's okay to be unpredictable up top, but you need to be predictable at the back. You need to have Anton Walks and you need to have mm-hmm. Guzman Carujo, a center back partnership mm-hmm. that is unflappable. That, yeah, sure, 20 games from now, it's going to be those mm-hmm. two. Deal with it. I don't know, man. What, what do you think of our left back position? Well, it's pretty clear that Fuchs is, ne- Fuchs is now a hybrid player. Right. That he's going to play left back and also Latanzio kind of tipped his hand over the last couple matches, last three matches really, about how he values that back line and how he values Christian Fuchs. And remember when we are on the road at Montreal and people were like, is this a back three? Is this a back four? I don't know. Is this a back five? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fuchs is the player that goes it, that makes it possible to play a back four and a back five. Looked like a back one on that first goal, but uh, <laughs> the question becomes like your choice isn't really between Fuchs and Mora or Fuchs and Walks, it's between Walks and Mora. It's like Fuchs is gonna play whether it's left back or center back, and it's like do we put Walks in there or do we put Mora in there? That that's Kind I of a weird thing. I it's disagree. kind of a weird thing for me. I, you, that's, I think it's true. I, I, there's no way. That's, that's what the no, decision no, no. is, though. No, no, no. Walks is ahead of Fuchs, Fuchs at the center back position. No way. Yes, no, he is. Fuchs, no, because if Latanzio wants more in, then Fuchs will be ahead of Walks. I'm uh, quite sure. Okay. You, call me crazy. I'll buy a. I'll, put, I'll bet a beer on it. I will bet a beer on it if when for when the situation arises. You've bought me so many beers, and I've bought <laughs> you so many beers. It, that's nothing. That that that, that uh, doesn't maybe even, a growler. That, I'm you, confident enough this, to go to a is, growler for this sure. This is a Michael Jordan story that I think you'll appreciate, Danny Rams. Is that when whenever you're going to make a wager, right? You're on the first tee box, and you look at somebody and you say, "What do you want to play for today?" And you know, you say, I want to play you for a beer. And I go, well, shit, I buy you beers all the time. <laughs> this does nothing for me. So what do you want to play for today? And what Michael Jordan would say, he'd say, I don't know, whatever makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's how you make a bet. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to make a bet that whatever makes you uncomfortable in regards to where Anton Walk stands right now in Christian Latanzio's mind compared mm-hmm. to Christian Fuchs. Because if... Christian Fuchs, to me, is, is, is clearly the captain of this squad, right? He's, he's wearing the band. And so he's, he's, going he's going to play left back. He wants to play left back. And Joseph Moore is going to be someone that comes in as a back five. It, it, all right, so when, when, when they come in, it's like, oh, it's actually a back three now with two wing backs. But what it really is is a back five. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this. I'm pretty freaky, so it's tough to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh, I encourage you to do your worst for sure. Uh, as for Fuchs, he's going to play. I think he wants to be left back. I love walks in there. We'll see what happens. I agree with your ultimate point, which is that uncertainty on the back line is ultimately a bad thing. You want to have it locked in. What about the other side? Apple, Apple's got the spot. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter how much better and how much more. If I got Jalen Lindsay, I would rather be like developing Jalen Lindsay with game minutes and being like, okay, you're way better at defense than Apple, but... Latanzio likes his veterans. Latanzio likes his veterans. That that is undeniable. And Apple seems to have the spot, which I don't hate, but I don't love. The combination play between Yuzviak and and Harrison, I think, is important for Christian. Latanzio. It's been bad. It's been bad no, for but, me. Uh, but I think it's important, and I don't think Jalen Lindsay has the ability to do that. I think 
Jalen Lindsay is somebody that is young and, and not creative. He's somebody that can can run for a while. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of creativity to be desired. Never, I mean, never forget that night in Greenville when Athol and Usviak combined for a, a game, a cup cup match winning goal back when we still harbored harbored those cup dreams. You know, when it was when it was always the cup. <laughs> Feels like two lifetimes ago, but uh, yeah, that you're right. There is some connection there between the two, but Athol needs to to push a little more. Usviak's trying to make runs down the line. He's not getting the service. So the, the, the predictability at the back needs to be there. And I think there's just – every match we're going to see Fuchs, Mora, and Affle and Lindsay. Like, those are the guys that you're like, who's in? You can't have who's in at center back. I'm sorry, you just can't. And when Fuchs is in mm-hmm. right now and healthy, he's playing left back. Yeah, like, he's, and the center backs have got to be locked. Carujo obviously is locked in. The deputy is un, uh, undroppable. Correct. Brandt is undroppable. Swiderski's undroppable. Do we really are we really down to four undroppables? Carujo, Fuchs, Bronico, and Swiderski? Is Shinya was he just re- sat for rest? Shinya was on the edge, by the way. He was remember uh, when we first had this conversation, you said I said there's somebody that's right on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. And it was Shinya Shiki. Yeah. His goal scoring threat is just I mean, where would we be we without him? Without that trade, it, Charlotte FC looks very different right now without that trade. I and Colorado just made a massive F up giving up on him to go get a washed up Giassi's artist. The numbers don't lie on that one. Sometimes it's a mutual breakup. Right, yeah. He needed a change of scenery, all that. I think he's been inspired by the fact, even though MAR is no longer here, I think he was able to hit the ground running here because he knew that MAR went to go get him and like coveted him to come into Charlotte, and that allowed him to integrate quicker. And I also think that this is the first experience of his professional career that isn't close to home. Right, yeah, he yeah. finally had to grow a little bit. Yeah, And that makes you go. Right. And remember, he's a University of Denver product mm-hmm. that got signed by mm-hmm. Colorado, mm-hmm. and he spent Apart all from this leaving time Brazil. There. Apart from leaving Brazil to go live in the Rocky Mountains, obviously. I, but career, that's life, life experience. Career-wise, I agree with you, for sure. This is the first time he's had to get himself out of his comfort. Well, this is something that, to bring it full circle, made him uncomfortable and caused him to grow a little bit. And he's shown the growth. Exactly. And I think that he arrived here in Charlotte and realized maybe the first time in his career that this is a business Mm -hmm. and my business is scoring goals. Mm -hmm. And if I do that throughout my career, I can have a long, sustainable professional career in MLS. Right. And And being the hometown kid in Denver that went to go play for the Rapids maybe never didn't work out, but that's just one chapter. And the next chapter can be a much much more rewarding, fulfilling situation, which already is. But I think it's bullshit, and I do want to call people out. Call them out. That it's so easy for you to say, oh, look at that trade. Oh, Zardes, he's terrible. Shinyashiki, Charlotte got the better end of that deal. And, you know, put people on blast for thinking that maybe we over overpaid for Shinyashiki. I'm not, I'm just not into that. Like, I still think Zardes is a very good player, and I think the sample size is pretty clear that Shinyashiki has benefited more from this change than Zardes. But if you ask me if I wanted Zardes and Charlotte FC's front three tomorrow as an option, I would say pair him up with Swiderski. Hell no. I'll take Danny Rios over Zardes. I'll take the bounce. Give me the bouncer. I got. We got to agree to disagree on that one. I think Zardes sucks. I think he's been washed for two to three years. 
but it's just me. I think he got, he ran hot with Columbus a couple years ago where he did compete for the MLS Golden Boot, but a lot of those PKs and just tap-ins, I, I just don't I, I don't rate Zardis whatsoever. I, I call that that trade Respect wouldn't happen because it was bad. Yeah, yeah, you but. did. Yeah, you, know, you said it was a great move. Yeah. And I just think that the Heinz, this is what I'm trying to say, that, like, no one was wrong about it, but, like, the hindsight shit talk is bullshit. Either talk shit at the moment, like you did, or damn don't right. talk shit after all. You're damn right. When, when you can look back and say, oh, look, I was right. Let me talk shit about it. And, in fact, I'll, I'll pass on some more wisdom. And this one comes from maybe one of the best broadcasters of all time. Let's go. Lee Corso. Not so fast, my friend. And what Lee Corso said was, when you're wrong, don't say much. And when you're right, say less. <laughs> Let your rightness speak for itself. I love it. That's that's a great ideal to aspire to for sure. Uh, this this business and what Not Danny gets there. What Danny Brams and I do is is we put our you know what we do? We play front foot football on the Charlotte Soccer Show. We're always looking ahead. Mm-hmm. We're always looking for the next chance at goal. And that's what we're gonna do. Well, it's funny that you say that though, that you bring up uh, the sunshine, the sunshine schooners quote, because uh, I was getting ready to do a whole segment crowing about how we called Brant Bronico was awesome, and you know, it's great to see all these people finally jumping on board about BB13 being the man, and all you know how we were right, we were early, we were great, the grind set, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But now we don't need to do that segment. We've done that. You can go back. <laughs> you can listen to previous episodes of the Charlotte Soccer Show. I've already done that before. I don't feel the need to do it again. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, John. But one thing we need to do is we need to look ahead because all of a sudden, and this was something that you talked about in regards to that WFNC broadcast that I mentioned earlier in the show. I didn't listen to any of the broadcasts, and I'll be honest, because I was lazy. I was on my couch. I was using my digital antenna, mm-hmm. and the, the match was on TV, so I, so I watched if Eric you, and Sam. If you have uh, sleep issues, go See if you can Airbnb John's couch because it will knock you right out. It's so comfortable. <laughs> you will pass out on this couch for sure. So I, I didn't hear the radio broadcast, but I thought an important thing that you noticed and that you can find, by the way, at For the Crown Baby is the discussion not just about getting a point, but taking a road point and turning it into more a run. than three. Going on a run. Yep. Charlotte FC against Nashville in town on Saturday. There's a lot of tentacles in this match. So I think it's important that we start with the very surface level. And that is, is this a match that Charlotte FC can win to take six points out of two matches within a week's time? Because those six points are crucial for this playoff run. Not only can we, we should expect three points on Saturday night. We should expect the keep to be rocking and raucous. We should expect some noise coming from the upper deck. Charlotte has opened up select seats up there to try to boost the attendance even higher because we've been getting consistent numbers. A lot of fans have been clamoring. You see this on Reddit a lot. The, the Redditors in the Charlotte FC fan base have been clamoring for cheaper tickets for sure. I see it every week. And uh, now there's an option. And I, what I, what I, uh, I, I wish they could open up the full upper deck you know, even if it was like the first five rows all the way around, I think would be better than just the few sections at midfield they're going to do. But they can try the experiment however they want. What I will say is that 
this is going to this is where families this is where kids that have not been to a Charlotte FC game all year are going to get their chance because the tickets are going to be cheaper and families of five and six and you know you crazy people out there that have five kids and have a seven person family god bless you and this is your chance to bring that brood to a uh, Charlotte FC match the view's not bad up there i've sat up there for uh, for panthers games it's not the worst and the the good news is pretty easy to sneak down and get some better seats you know late in the match if you want there's plenty of uh, openings down there if you're a little bit bold and the uh, ushers stop giving a damn so yeah it's going to be great. Uh, there's that aspect of it. The other thing is, we trust the keep, we defend the keep, we know the crowd's going to push our team to a higher level. The other thing is Nashville is beatable. Their biggest issue, they have a, they're a team that's, that plays very defensive. They try to kill matches. And much like Charlotte, they what one of Charlotte's best aspects, you've heard me mention it before, is that we frustrate other teams from doing what they want to do. And that's always worked to our advantage uh, greatly. Nashville is very similar. Nashville likes to kill the game. They like to make it boring. They like to make it ugly. I feel bad that this sort of boosted attendance might show up to see some not that dynamic soccer in stretches, Wait, unfortunately. Almost but. like what Austin did when they showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be the template for sure. Uh, the, the, the contrast is that Austin has one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Brad Stuver was like a human vacuum. Every cross that we sent into the box, he seemed to be right perfectly positioned to grab it. Nashville's undergoing some major goalkeeper issues, and that's where we can pounce on them. They've been, they drafted a kid, a kid named Panico, I believe, in a, a top five pick. Same draft where we got Bender. Nashville drafted a goalkeeper who is kind of their goalkeeper of the future, who actually got his, been starting recent games in the cup, and he got an MLS start in their last match, and he looked really bad. They had a guy named Joe Willis who was sort of, uh, I think he was pl the goalkeeper of the year three seasons ago, if I'm not mistaken. He's a really accomplished goalkeeper for Nashville. But he uh, he had uh, about a month's worth of high-profile mistakes. He gave up an own goal and, and a couple like high-profile errors and conceded a penalty kick. So they've gone with the Panico kid who's shown some signs of his rookiness. I, it's tough to say which goal. But the, the point is that they're having goalkeeper issues. So... Them not knowing who they even want to start in goal works to our advantage. I think it's time for us to score three. MLS is a game is a league where you can go get four goals in a match, and I would love to see us just score th four goals, three plus. You know, let's let's whoop them. Let's treat them like the Richmond Kickers. They're a team that's just in a little bit of a mess that doesn't really know where they want to go. They have a solid defense, but we can break them down, and we can frustrate what they want to do. We're very good, thanks to Brant Bronico, at shutting down the opposing team's number one best player. And Nashville being kind of a one-man team offensively with Handy Mukhtar, I think Brant can put him in the pocket, and we could have a very good good night and dominate possession like we have been. An important note for this match at home at the keep for our TIFOs, our tremendous friends of the show. We appreciate you hanging out and listening to this week's episode of The Pod. Is that... We know you're going to the match. Mm-hmm. And it's a FS1 match, which means 7.25 kick, Oof. not 7 p.m., which, in well, my opinion, is better. Yeah, yeah. A little closer to sunset. So it'll be a 7.25 actual kick on Saturday night at the Keep. So keep wow. that in mind. We got the FS1 game. I didn't even realize. So it's it's a big game against Nashville. Mm -hmm. And by the way, let, let's just that I like this because as much as 
we play up sort of the rivalry with that city, Atlanta, and you know, Blank versus Tepper and all that, blah, 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 blah. I feel a little bit more rivalry with Nashville. I disagree. I, I, I think when we're going for sort of this, you can't really dispute Atlanta's status as sort of the premier southern city and a metropolis. But Nashville versus Charlotte is a little bit more of an interesting rivalry to me in terms of destination, southern cities, places to go to have a great time. I've spent a lot of time in Nashville, Charlotte, and Atlanta, and I will tell you Atlanta is a clear number three on that list. Wow. <laughs> That's you personally, though. I'm going. It would probably be for me also, but I'm talking about in the – the public perception. I don't you know, give the, a shit the, the about why. public perception. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll, we'll table this discussion. Keep going with where you were headed. <laughs> no, I mean, what I was trying to tell you, Danny Ramsey. We need to beat Nashville is what I'm saying. Yes, and of course, it's it's, it's a... Remember, National TV. Remember, and I think at the beginning of the season, we, we used to have fun with these made-up derbies. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to say, what is this derby? What is that? This mm-hmm. is a Southern derby. Right. This is a Southern derby. Right. This is what I would call the, the money versus the music. And, again, personally, I'm a music man. <laughs> I am as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't like I don't, you, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like you framing thing. it that way. It's the same reason I refuse to call our stadium the bank. Because, you know, all, all the banks do is foreclose on people and uh, charge exorbitant interest rates. So I like to call it the keep. But So we talked about the table, right? And we've got this match against Nashville that – Danny Bram says is winnable for Charlotte FC. Mm-hmm. Uh, six points out of six points in the last two matches. That's 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 exactly what this squad needs to achieve separation to, from the bottom bottom on the table. To to quote one of the gift that I posted earlier from Major League, that's what you call a winning streak. It has happened before, you know. It, it certainly has, and. The action over the 4th of July weekend, over the holiday weekend for Charlotte FC, it's almost like it was uh, too good to be true. I kept looking at results and saying, oh, that's good for Charlotte. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's good for Charlotte. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's good for Charlotte. There was not a result on the MLS Mm -hmm. calendar over the weekend that was not good for Charlotte Mm -hmm. FC. So heading into this weekend, we'll have Philadelphia and D.C. on Friday night. And that's that's the that's the only match Ooh, on on Friday night that Final. matters. And what we need there is Philadelphia to win because we're we're not in competition for the supporters' shield. Right, DC has a few extra games in hand on us. The, it, we were glad DC got the win uh, on Monday night. That actually helped us against Orlando. But we need them to lose now because they have extra games in hand, and we can't have them getting too many wins. Because Philadelphia, let's, Philadelphia's going to finish Philly. in the top. Three. We won't catch Philly. Yeah. Let's keep D.C. down. And then on Saturday, Atlanta and Austin kick off at about the same time. It's at 7 o'clock. They go at 7.08. Just do us a solid, Austin. Beat Atlanta like you beat us, and we're good. But New York City and New England play at 1 o'clock early Saturday afternoon. So by the time Charlotte FC plays on Saturday night, you could have a D.C. loss. You could have a New England loss on the road, and again, it sets up perfectly for you to take advantage. Yep. The, I'm still not loving the games in hand. I wish I don't. I don't want want a bye week because I love going just to watch Charlotte FC every week. I would, it would suck to have a bye week and not be able to watch our team. But we need some of these other teams to catch up to us in games in hand. I hate looking at the table and seeing us with so many teams behind us that have extra games to play. I just hate it. But it is what it is. I think. The position in the table is nice. If you think about it, what you mentioned over this past weekend of games and results, it's July 4th weekend, dude. What did we call back to the very early origin of this podcast when we said 
What is Charlotte? It's a hornet's nest of rebel activity. You think we didn't earn some karmic goodwill 250 years ago, fighting off the British so that things could go our way a little bit when Charlotte FC finally has a, <laughs> an MLS soccer team trying to climb up the table a little bit on July 4th weekend? I think it's, you know, that goes of history ring true. And God bless those Mecklenburg Patriots who put the document out and here we are. You know, in 2022, drinking beer at and, Triple C. And still fighting that great fight. <laughs> exactly. So the table is in a really good spot right now for Charlotte FC, and that's what a win does for you, by the way. And I think it's really important to note on the podcast that um, results matter on this show. And the reason why results matter on this show, because soccer and professional soccer specifically is what you would call a profession driven on results. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we need to look into those things. We need to understand what's happening around Charlotte FC, this franchise. And I think some of the things that that maybe haven't put this club in the best light, it's easier to overlook them after a first Mm -hmm. road win. When it comes down to it, the story of Charlotte FC's season in five years, when we're talking about the inaugural Charlotte FC season, it's going to be a one-note reaction. It's going to be they made the playoffs or they didn't make the play- they made the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs or they or they finished less. I'm talking about in five years from now. No, I'm, no, I'm, no, not, no. I'm talking about national perception. I'm, I'm not talking about inside. I'm not talking okay. about us. I'm talking about what it's going to be like five years from now when Taylor Twellman and Stu Holden, who by the way, if FS One's coming down, Stu, we need to find a way to, to, to meet Stu on the side on the side of the street as we're walking out of the game, but. Uh, Alexi too. <laughs> if uh, although FS1 is might be calling this one remote, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Regardless, what I'm saying is that ultimately it's going to be easy for outsiders to perceive Charlotte's inaugural season in terms of a one-note win or loss. We are, of course, going to remember the story. We wouldn't, if that was true for you and I, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We are the story of Charlotte FC. Like week to week, that's what we we're here to tell in real time. But what I'm talking about is the national media. So, the ultimate point is that getting these wins and getting to the playoffs is going to solidify our legacy as an expansion club, if that makes sense. And you're thinking about national perspective. I'm thinking about... Well, the the national TV's in town. I'm thinking about local interest and energy. (laughs) That's, That's what's more important to me. The national perspective. I don't give a fuck. You're probably right. I, I actually agree with you there. What, yeah, what FS1 sure. thinks and what the boys right. over in no Columbus, comment. Ohio, or Los Angeles, California thinks about Charlotte FC five years from now. I truthfully could not care more. So, at this point to me, it's about the people in the city of Charlotte. It's about what type of product are you putting on the field because this club has an opportunity and it starts on Saturday night, Mm -hmm. just like it started back in February. The Hornets, shit show. Mm -hmm. Panthers, shit show. Mm -hmm. NASCAR, fun, but short season. Right. Wishes it was F1 in 2022. Charlotte FC has a chance to grab a six-month window. Mm Mm-hmm. On the Charlotte sports cat- on the Charlotte sports right. calendar, and say this is what we are. And you know what I've said right. it, and I and I and I think I it, it might still be 
Let me go, because I don't know, because I haven't checked it in a while because I made it my, my location on Twitter. <laughs> and it says, if you look at my, my Twitter, at John Hayes on Air, the location says Charlotte is a soccer city. Yep, it is. And that's what this is right. about five years from now. And soccer's for the fans, and Charlotte's a soccer city. I agree. And we'll, it, Saturday night's going to be a step in that direction because they're opening those upper deck seats, and we got to fill them. We got to push the attendance has been averaging around 31, 32,000. We got to push it up to 37, 38 with these new open seats. We got to, we got to respond. We got to answer the call. I think people will do that. We were worried. We were a little bit worried about the Thursday night Austin attendance, and there was turned out there was very little to worry about. It was a younger crowd. It was mm-hmm. a thirsty Thursday crowd, yeah, oh, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, thirsty Thursday was killing it. I actually had a bunch of work crew there. My uh, my office bought a bunch of tickets and sent a bunch of people. I was able to go up and see them Good. in the middle of the second half and. Just beautiful things are happening with this club. The the sense of community and building is awesome. We just let's get a few more wins. If we ever get to like where we have a positive like more wins than losses or draws, I'm gonna feel like really great about it. So we'll see. The the table and, and it's an ebb and flow. Go ahead, Danny. Brown. Imagine what you just said. I wanted to play off something you just said, which was imagine it's October or late September even. Charlotte FC is right there. Have in playoff position, holding a spot. The Panthers are zero and two. The Hornets have are probably fired Steve Clifford before the season <laughs> began. You know, like yeah. And everything's just a shit show, like you said. And Charlotte FC has this chance to be the standard bearers to carry the flag for a city that's an up and coming city in the South. This is a city that has a lot of pride. What we have is the camaraderie of outsiders who have all come together to, to build something uh, I, not to say there aren't natives and locals and they're very important in, in Charlotte's DNA but it's a city of a lot of people that have moved here no one would deny that and and and, and so we are building something fresh it's like we have a chance to like sort of define the rules from the ground up and I love what we're building I'm kind of on a tangent here because the uh, the West Coast IPA sent me <laughs> <laughs> into a, uh, I'm not in another dimension, but I'm halfway there. Let's put it that way. And uh, life is good. It's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a place that you should be coming off of the, the 4th of July weekend, hanging out here at Triple C Brewing Company. It's always great to be here. We uh, uh, awarded our Golden Boy of the Match Award earlier. We talked about some undroppables. We talked about our Polish duo who played well on the road. There's just so much happening. And, and I just want to give interim boss Christian Latanzio a shout out for a very nice plan. And finally, what he did, finally, what he did was counter substitutions mm-hmm. in the moment. It's the first time, and I wanted to point this out clearly, it's the first time since CL's been at the wheel that he has countered substitutions in the moment. It was the first time, if you notice, Houston was ready to make a change at 58 minutes. And they made their change, and CL was ready immediately Mm -hmm. for his changes. And that means to me that he's understanding more what it's like to be a manager at the highest level of professional soccer in the United States. When somebody makes a move, you got to be ready to counter. Or you've got to make the first move. And his subs made all the difference. Gaines was absolutely electric, as you referenced earlier. Just, I'm telling you, when this kid gets just... (laughs) Just a five, six percent better with his technical. He's going to be so dangerous. He's amazing. And Shinya, obviously, with with the game-winning goal, just I mean. Besides, and I think this is important for for you to follow at the for at for the crown baby. Besides the match on Saturday, the transfer window 
the secondary transfer right. window is opening, Danny Bram. Right. So we, we don't know if there's going to be any incomings. We don't know if there, there will be any outgoings. But you can follow the Twitter account because you're going to be following this very closely for the rest of the month. There's got to be incomings. We have to sign someone. Someone in the midfield needs to come in. It's got to happen. This is If you look at Austin, they were last place in the West last year. They could never even sniff the playoffs in the last few months of the season. And now they're one of the best teams in the West. Why? Because of their midseason signing last season. They brought in a guy, Driussi. Bronico actually neutralized Driussi, which that's because Bronico's amazing. But Driussi uh, just scored a goal last night, uh, a late goal to give Austin a comeback win against Colorado. He's ama- he's one of the best players in the league. And we need to go find a, a guy like that. We need to find our Driussi, and we will be – pushing for the playoffs this year because we're in a better spot than Austin was when they signed him, and we will have a chance to be one of the best teams in the league next year. Charlotte Soccer Show, I'm John Hayes. That voice you just heard, it's Danny Brams. You can follow him on Twitter, at Danny Brams. You can follow the show, again, I mentioned, at For the Crown Baby. Stay tuned for updates heading into this weekend's match against Nashville. Stay tuned to Danny Brams, and stay tuned to me, at John Hayes on Air. The only caveat I'll give you with that is that I'm going to Scotland. And I'm going to the Open Championship, and my mind is going to be on a lot um, over the next couple weeks. Uh, And first and foremost on my mind will be Charlotte FC. Mm -hmm. I will find a way to watch the match Mm -hmm. on Saturday. It will be about midnight, and it will be my first night in Edinburgh after a overnight flight. Overnight flight on Thursday. So it might be my second night. Overnight flight on Thursday. A train from King's Cross, London, up to Edinburgh. And that's on Friday. Sleep on the train? Sleep on the train. That's okay. that's always the move for me when I go across the Atlantic. Red eye, mm-hmm. train, quiet car, sleep. Okay. And then we're going to get there Friday night. And then Saturday, this is this is a good point. Saturday night is my second night there. So I will be more adjusted, and I'll have the match at midnight. I'll have the match at midnight, local time, Charlotte FC versus Nashville, a late night. We say MLS after dark. That's going to be – and by the way, not that long after dark because sunset in Scotland this time of year. After 11, 11 p.m. PM. 11, I was going to say 11 p.m. All I can say is, let the midnight special shine a light on me. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love everything about this trip. Uh, hopefully, we, if we'll, we can do a record session uh, across the pond. We if, will. If, uh, if not, we'll bring, we've got some guest hosts in the potential pool. We will take lobbying offline if you want to bring it. The other thing is, uh, <laughs> my only advice for you, and this is, I've never been to Europe. I plan to go. Actually, I plan to go next year, hopefully, if everything works out right. My only advice for you, when you're rocking down the streets of Edinburgh or Scotland, or maybe this is even more applicable in the rural areas, do not shout out for the crown, baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't take quite as kindly to it up there in Scotland, from what I've been told. It's an amazing point, and I, I will take that seriously, and I won't do it. But I will be wearing my kit around Scotland. Uh, I will be watching the matches, and I will definitely join the show. If I if I cannot join the show for a full appearance, I will certainly check in to give you my take after Saturday night's match against Nashville earlier in the week. I'm going to make sure that I do the Open on Monday and Tuesday, get to St. Andrews, enjoy my time there. But then from that point on, later in the week, um, I'm just hopping up into the mountains and enjoying some some temperate temperatures. 
because right now it's hot as fuck, and that's why we're going <laughs> to wrap up the show. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. And until next time, as always, Danny Brams. For the crown, baby. Yeah.